Welcome to Coffee and Cybersecurity with Cyberpilot. This is the first episode of our new podcast. I'm your host, Anders Brudetornil. And with me today, I have Rasmus, who is the CEO here at Cyberpilot. Maybe you will say hi. Hi, everyone. <laughs> um, I've been joined by Rasmus today. In some of the next episodes, I'll be joined by other experts. But the reason we have Rasmus here today is because besides being the CEO here at Cyberpilot, He's also been working as a consultant uh, in a lot of companies where he's helped them with their, their security work. And today we want to talk about how to do a risk analysis. Um, and that's because that's the foundation for a lot of your security work. So it's a good starting point when you are sitting with your security in your company. Um, but maybe we should start with the with the basics, just who you are. Asmus, if you want to put some words on it yourself. Thank you very much, Alex. Um, well, I'm... I'm Rasmus. I'm uh, the founder and CEO of Cyberpilot. Uh, I actually come from a background of finance and international business. Um, but uh, kind of a few years ago, back in 15, 16, um, I realized that there was a huge potential for for helping, especially SMEs, small medium enterprises, with uh, their cybersecurity. And uh, the first step of that journey was really helping them as consultant okay, with their processes, uh, their documentation, their policies. And then that expanded into uh, the, the company that Cyberpilot is today, where we offer more, like more, more services uh, and, and kind of transition into a software as a service company. Yes. And uh, I think today we're not going to talk so much about what we do today but maybe take a journey back where you did a lot of risk analysis, as I mentioned. So maybe we should just start with what is that? What is a risk analysis? Well, basically, um, when you want to start working with cybersecurity or information security, um, you really, a lot of the, the frameworks out there and the best practices like ISO 27001 are really based around this risk-based uh, approach. Yeah. So instead of having a, a, a predefined checklist of, well, you should implement all these things. You should implement a firewall, a anti-spam, uh, encryption, etc. It's really about starting with looking at what could the potential problem be? What are the, what are the risks? Therefore, a risk analysis. Um, and then you work from there where you kind of prioritize your, your controls, your initiatives, uh, based on your actual risks in your company or your organization. So it's 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 a very good way to to get the first idea about what how you assess the risks in your uh, in your company and your organization and then kind of work from there. Yeah. Yeah, so it is all about not just going with the best idea you come at it first to secure your company but actually map out what it is that that you should work on based on on what the consequences are and how likely it is to happen. Exactly. It's kind of like, um, and I think there is a big tendency to to really go towards the solutions very quickly. Like you want to, I see this new uh, new advanced firewall and it, it can help me with advanced threats. Yeah. And then you kind of get tied up and you, you jump to the solution very quickly. Whereas our recommendation and kind of the general best practice is that you actually start kind of, you take one step back and then you, you look at, well, what is actually my risk? Try to assess that. And then based on that, then you might decide, well, that firewall is a good uh, thing to implement. Or you might decide, well, that actually doesn't even fit the risks that we, we think we have. Exactly. 
So I guess that's also answer why it's important to do one because yes. it is all about getting up in the helicopter and and getting a good overview before starting. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and we've actually tried to map out like four steps on how you can do one, how you can get started. Um, and before jumping into those steps, it might be worth mentioning that we also have a template on that you can use to do these four steps. So we will uh, drop a link in the description to the podcast where you can download the template and then you can actually follow along um, pretty nicely what it is that we're talking about. If you Because we will use a lot of words that might be a bit hard to understand if you haven't worked with it before, but we'll try to... Uh, to keep it as low key as possible. Yeah, and again, a thing to mention is that it is really a, a quite it's a it's a quite simple template and it's mm -hmm. a quite simple process that you can start with in a very very simple manner. Uh, so it fits for all organizations, uh, even if you are very very small. But it, it's it's essentially the same approach, even if you were a company like uh, several thousand people, then you yeah. just need to involve more people. Yes. Yeah, so it can it can seem a little bit big in the beginning, but it is pretty straightforward. Yes, yeah. yes. And uh, I've written down that uh, the first step is to create a scale for the uh, risk analysis matrix. Yes. Maybe you can uh, add a few words to that. Well, kind of what is again kind of maybe answering first what is the what is what is actually a risk analysis yeah. and a risk assessment? It's it's where you base where you try to evaluate assess your risks on two different parameters, right? Two different dimensions. So first of all, what is the likelihood that's, that a specific risk will occur? Um, and then also what is the consequence yeah. what of what uh, uh, if a, a certain risk should occur? And thereby you have these kind of this, 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 this table, you have this matrix, um, your X and your Y, and then you, and then you obviously, if you, then we recommend that you just keep it simple uh, in the beginning, so just start saying, well, low, medium, high. So low consequence, medium consequence, high consequence, low likelihood, medium likelihood, high likelihood. Um, and, and for that, you then get this, this matrix with nine grids. Uh, and then you can place your, then going through the, the risk assessment, then you end up kind of placing the risks in those, uh, each of those nine grids. Mm. Yeah. And then, so, so as you mentioned, what, then you not, you start to you need to define a scale at first because what is low medium high and that's very dependent on what your how your organization looks like so if you are like a very small company then you might consider if we start on the consequence side you might consider a low risk something that doesn't really have that much of an effect let's try to put that in numbers let's try to put that in costs so you might say for example well Anything less than ten thousand kroner or two thousand euros or whatever you you what you yep. want to you want to uh, kind of um, calculate. Let's let's put that in a low low risk because it's something that it's it sucks when it happens, but it's really the, it doesn't have any consequence to us kind of being a business and and having like being able to to continue our, our operation. Then the medium so low one is. Put the the boundary on there that you think well, it's it's really it's it's it sucks, but it doesn't really it doesn't have any consequence. Then, for your medium scale, try to figure out well what is actually a risk, what is an amount, a lost amount, a, an extra cost that would really that would really like, be a pain in your organization. So it might be uh, hundred thousand, something that say well. 
If that happens, I'm really going to to feel the heat. Uh, someone in my organization is really going to to be very very mad, yeah. uh, very disappointed. Um, but again, it's not something that would put us out of business. Um, it might put us out of business if it keeps happening again and again and again and again. But there's not one single kind of occurrence that can can, can like if that if we take on that cost, it's not going to put us out of business. And then the last, so that that could be like a hundred thousand, or if you're a very big company, that could be ten million. So that's again, that's why you're. It's important that you 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 define that scale for yourself. And then the last part, well, from what from what where does the cost actually start being like critical to your business? Um, so that could be one million, it could be ten million, it could be a hundred million, depending on um, what what the size of your company is. And again, it just it it just makes it like tangible to talk about mm. when you have because spoiler alert you have to get you have to you have to get someone else on board um, mm. for this process and, and it gives a kind of a shared um, view on well when when we actually characterize risks where where do we put them. So I guess it, it might not, well, I'm, I'm doing this assumption, so you can stop me if I'm not correct, but it might not be that important that the numbers are that precise. It's mostly also just keep like a, a scale that you can talk out from um, with your C-level or whoever is in this discussion. Definitely, definitely. So so it's never we're never going to end up in a discussion, well, is that actually, uh, if we set the, 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 the boundary um, for our medium level risk at 1 million, is there, no, it's, it's 900,000. Oh, I actually think it's 1.1. It's never, it's never in that range. Yeah. But it's more to, if I just say low, medium, high to you, that's going to, you're going to have your assumption of what high, medium, low uh, looks yeah. like for you. And and that's where we need to kind of create a, a shared understanding of where do we where do we think that risk is still something very like it's difficult to put a real number on. Yeah. But at least it gives us a, the opportunity to to talk about the same things. Yes. So it's mostly about alignment as well yes. when you do it. And then so that was for the consequence, and then for the for the likelihood. Again, we need to consider well, well, a high occurrence might be something that could happen like on a weekly, monthly level. Uh, medium occurrence might be something that can happen um, like uh, a quarterly or once a year. And a low occurrence might be something that happens maybe once a year or less. Yep. So again, just kind of defining that that scale. So you have the same, when we, when I say, well, I think that's a medium likelihood of that happening. You know, basically what I'm, what I'm, uh, what I'm referencing to. Yes. And then when that's done, then you jump into the next part of the process. Yeah, which I write down that that is listing your assets. Yes, so maybe uh, we can go to that. Yes, well, the, the 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 kind of the best practice for 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 doing a risk assessment is to either base it on your processes or your assets. And for me, I've already I've always found that it it makes it more tangible to talk about assets. So list all the assets that you actually have in your company. You could do it as a kind of an asset group. So you could say, well. We have some. We have uh, like an accounting system. That's an asset. We have our clients, our like our PCs that we work, our workstations. That's an asset. Yes. We have our. We might have uh, our own service. That's an asset. We might have our, a cloud account, like uh, with a virtual service. That's an asset. Uh, we have an, our our uh, employees. That's an asset. So all those assets, you start kind of uh, you start listing up. So, so that so that you can then kind of talk about what are the risks 
per asset class or asset group. Yes, and I guess it can be hard to list everything, but it's just doing the most you can and maybe talk to other people because it can be difficult to come up with yourself. Um, exactly, like, yeah. like, like that. And again, that's that's why you need to, we'll, we will kind of have another episode another day on how you actually do that, yeah. um, how you structure that. But, but, but again, the important part when you do risk assessments is to get input from across the organization because you might think that you have an asset that actually has uh, that that doesn't have any like risk related to it. While if you are in IT, but maybe if you bring in someone from marketing, they say, well, it's actually really important that we also discuss the risk behind our website. Yes, makes sense. So you actually need input from the whole company. And yes, yeah. And then when you have all the assets um, with a small description and what department it, uh, who owns it, so to speak, then you uh, jump into listing all the threats and vulnerabilities and performed actions, yes. which is the third step. Yes. So so let's try to, to find those. So so a threat is basically what what could happen to a specific asset. Yeah. Um, and the vulnerability is what vulnerability is there that allowed that allowed that threat to be able to kind of materialize. Yeah. So um, we could make an example with the employees, maybe. Yeah. So the, the easy so a threat is that a um, uh, an employee clicks a phishing mail. Um, that's the that's kind of what the the risk itself. Yeah. And then the vulnerability behind that. Well, what what would the vulnerability be for that to actually materialize? That would be that the the employees are not aware. Or not properly trained on um, on how to spot phishing mails. Yeah, it could be like for your. Uh, it could be um, well. A threat could also be that um, my employees um, saves the data in a in a wrong place. But and what is the vulnerability behind that? Was that we lack uh, guidelines around how employees should act? Yes. So one asset could have many threats and vulnerabilities, actually. Yes. Yeah, so, so the 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 idea is that you go for each asset, you try to list all the the potential threats. So what could basically happen to this this asset that could that could be a, a threat, and then what are the vulnerabilities for that specific asset that could be there for that would allow these uh, threats to actually happen? Yes. And then the the performed actions part. Um, what could that be? Well, uh, the, what is the performed actions is what are the things that what are the measures that we've already put in place to make sure that these threats and vulnerabilities are, are mitigated? Yes. So let's say we already have uh, like a good uh, guideline, a good policy. We have good awareness training. Well, that's an action that is already uh, put in there. Yeah. Because that will then allow us to to look at well, we have this risk. If we have this vulnerability, but we've already kind of put some things into motion that could that will that will reduce that risk. Yes. So I think again, this is a little bit like the scale. It will probably be difficult to list all threats because it also, it also takes some kind of imagination to think of all the threats that could be out there. But doing this risk analysis gets more things on the table than not doing it. Exactly, exactly. And it, and again, it is a kind of a, it it is a very subjective um, process. It's it's always about you as a company yourself, or you could yeah. obviously get help kind of externally from a consultant or things like that. Um, that you go through the process and you assess your own risks. Yes. So it is. It's not. It's not. There's no. There's no right or wrong. 
in this process. Um, it's it's basically the assessment that you do for your specific company. Yes, and I guess it's also not just a, a one-time thing. So you can always come back if you find new threats or new vulnerabilities, or if you have done some new performed actions to to mitigate the risk. Definitely, there's there's we can come back to that. But yeah. but kind of when do you repeat that? I think that's a that's a really good part to 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 touch on as yeah. well. But then you have all your threats and vulnerabilities. Then you actually move forward to the step four and the last step. Uh, of the risk analysis itself, then of course there's a lot of work afterwards, but that is to evaluate all the risks that you then come up with. Yes, yes. And so for that, it's it's again kind of it's it's taking well for each for my asset, what was the threats? So all the list of threats. If you can have a, if you have a big list of threats, yeah. you have a big list of vulnerabilities, and you only have a, a small list of what did I actually what what actions did I already put in place? Then when you start looking at the consequence. Well, you, it, it's probably going to be, well, looking at all this, I'm probably going to have a quite high consequence yeah. um, or a quite high likelihood of, of this happening. Um, so consequence is probably more tied to the asset and what is in the asset and what kind of, uh, what what is our processes around that asset. And the likelihood is probably more, well, how many measures do I actually have in place? And But it, but it could be both. Yes. So this is also where it comes full circle, I guess. This is where you can actually map all the assets and threats and vulnerabilities onto the scale that you did in the beginning. Um, and then and that's kind of just you do it one by one. You start with your each asset, you, you put in your low, medium, high for consequence and likelihood. And then once you've done that for all your assets, you basically take that as a XY coordinate and you put it in your matrix. Yes. And then you can see, well, how do my risks then map out? Uh, how do my assets map out? And then it will be quite clear. It's actually quite of a, a a very. It always kind of brings up this aha moment when when you yeah. do it because it then becomes very very visual. Saying, well, wow, this is actually where we. It's very clear that that that, that specific asset actually has a much higher risk than than some of the others, some of the yeah. others, and and therefore it makes it very easy to to kind of map out. Well, where do we need to where do we need to uh, put in some more work? Yes, and I guess that also goes with the, what you said in the beginning, that then you're not, not focusing on the solutions, but you could actually sit with a, a good solution, but then figure out now that it's low, low. Uh, exactly. And then, okay, then I don't need to spend that time, even though I got a good solution. Exactly. But if you have one that is in high in both um, the probability and the consequence, then you got to get going. Exactly, exactly. So so I get it, just, it's about... I think it goes, I think for a lot of other processes, like if we do IT development, you always start, what is the problem? Yeah. If you start with sales, you always think, well, what is what is the need? Yes. Uh, and it's basically the same for this process. Uh, instead of looking at the solution, we always start kind of what is the risk yes. understanding that first. Yes. Which I also think it just makes a lot of good sense in the end. <laughs> uh, it's it's not, uh, there's no, uh, there's no kind of, uh, no, it's not rocket science. It's not rocket science, exactly. It's, it's definitely not rocket science. It's it's very clear, good kind of process. Yeah. Um, but uh, then that's the whole risk analysis. But is there then anything that people should be aware of um, when they've done it or by doing it? Um, well, I think again, I think um, I think it it's about first of all, it's about involving other people into it as well. It's yeah. it, that's where it really creates the good process instead of you in IT doing it yourself and, and it's kind of only being your subjective opinion about it, then it, it really, it always, it's a good process to do it kind of together in a group. So maybe it could be like you from IT 
It could be someone from marketing. It could be someone from sales. It could be someone from the development team. It could be someone from from finance. It could be yes. like I bring in the CEO, and then you have this like this this good discussion across the group because then you also you you get a much better alignment on what is actually the risks in our business. Yeah, I think that's that's one part of of kind of structuring that. The other part is I should mention that it is kind of when do we do this? Well, and I think there's two good two good answers to that. Once we do it at least continuously, so mm-hmm. we do it on a on a on a predefined cadence like uh, once a year. I think that that for most people that most companies that would make a lot of sense to do mm-hmm. it once a year. But then it's also important that you actually use this risk assessment like actively when you think about doing new stuff. So if we if we think about let's uh, change our uh, let's change our IT provider. Yeah. Let's let's change where we uh, what how we do all our like cloud service. Well, that's a really good time to really then pick up your risk assessment and say, well, now we have a new asset or we have a change in one of our assets. Let's just dis- let's just before we 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 do this change, let's just at least just sit down for a minute and consider risk and do yeah. the assessment of the risk. Will this will this new setup, this new asset, this new kind of that we put into our our daily work, will that have a, a, an effect on how we assess the risk? Yeah, yeah. So always have a look at it and see what does it what does it affect when we do new projects. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I think that's a that's about all for the risk analysis. Yeah. In the in the next episode, we will then start talking about how can you use it when you actually are if you have this risk that is high high then how do you start a project and work with that? Do we have some frameworks we can use? And uh, and we do have like a, a thing that we think we can do. Yeah. Like that. So we yeah, are, again, yeah. based on kind of just normal, uh, the best practice of how you work with information security. Yes. So Rasmus will join me for the next episodes to talk about that. So we hope you will uh, keep on listening. And uh, remember to click subscribe if you want to, if you don't want to miss another episode um, and see you out there. Thank you.